<clears throat> okay, Reg, are we ready to go? Very good, sir. All right. <clears throat> Instruments feeling good today, so we should be fine. Okay. Oh, by the way, I got my other cataract done. I have x-ray vision. I'm looking through you right now in many ways, figurative, figuratively and literally. Wow, what a difference. I talked about the cataracts a couple well, last podcast or so, but wow. This one, now that I have both, whew. Everybody says that, but believe them. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's see if we'll see if the if the improved uh, vision uh, and insight adds any insight. <laughs> All right, you ready to go? Put it in the books. Episode number three eleven three one one. Okay, I'll give you the um, I'll give you the three S's in the countdown. You give me the music. I'll give you a podcast. How about that? All right, here we go. Ready. Star smile strong. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. Guess who's there? Yep. But you knew that. And if you knew that, then get out there and tell everybody else who might not know that. So send them a message. Spend them a, send, send them a message. Spread the word. And let them know that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. And it should be theirs to anybody, friends, family, anybody listening to podcasts. Just let them know. Your loyalty and devotion is much, much appreciated. If you like what you hear, don't forget, you go to WGNRadio.com, you go to the podcast section, hit the prompt for this podcast, and gosh darn it, if there are not a ton of podcasts just waiting for you to listen to, waiting for you to press play. So go ahead. According to my last count, at the very least, there should be 310 back there. 310 just sitting there waiting for you. So go give them visit. It's always good to know what we've talked about so you'll know what we're going to be talking about. And that applies to today's podcast. It always ties in. So welcome to episode number 311. I want to talk about a couple of things today. And as I just said in the intro there, um, it, it does pay to listen to past podcasts because I'm going to make a reference to something I spoke about just a few weeks ago. And basically the theme of today's podcast they don't always have themes. We have topics, but sometimes we have themes if there's more than one topic. Sometimes I'll talk about a couple of topics, and other times I'll just talk about one. But uh, today we've got two separate topics, but there is a connection in that they tie into our theme. And today's theme, in the words of David Bowie, is ch-ch-ch-changes. Turning and facing the strange, 
ch-ch-changes. Yes. <laughs> so which one should I talk about first? Let me talk about the one that I think is going to affect me the most. And then the other one's kind of just a little fun one. But they're both interesting. So it will be worth you staying tuned for the entire podcast. Don't, don't hit pause or stop after the first topic in our changes theme here today. See it through. It's only an hour. You've got 23 hours after this to do whatever you want to do. So you can, you can stay focused for an hour or so, can't you? <laughs> anyway. Ch-ch-ch-changes. Have you read recently about the changes that are going to happen concerning our illumination? Now, last week, uh, I talked to you about my cataracts. In fact, uh, I just had my second cataract done. I had my right eye done in uh, late April, and I had my left eye just done about a week and a half or so ago, maybe two weeks now. And I talked to you all about uh, the great revelation and the new scope of vision that I had with just one eye. Well, let me just tell you, wow, when I got both eyes done, as I joked before, and I really do believe it now, I have. I feel like Superman. I've got x-ray vision. I'm seeing through things now. Maybe not through them, but I'm certainly seeing much farther away than I used to with, great, with much more brightness and clarity and detail, and my gosh. So both done, uh, No problems, uh, no pain at all. Process was quick. The results were immediate. And uh, so far, so good. Uh, Recovery has been right on board. Eyesight um, has improved immensely. Can't say enough. So, of course... You know, timing is everything in this world. It really is. And the older you get, you realize that. It really is about timing. There's hard work, and uh, there's uh, luck and smarts, and, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of of different components that go into success or something positive happening in any way. It's never just one thing. And, and, And the goal is to somehow combine all those things right? To work hard, to do a good job. Um, It always helps to know somebody. Sadly, that is true. I have certainly learned that in my life to the good and the bad, sadly. Um, You hope for the most part that those those attributes that uh, that you have yourself can guide you, but it always, it does seem to to help to have someone to uh, either at least open a door, if not take you under their wing and, and really give you a push and provide you some cover. If you can find that, along with those other attributes you have unto yourself, uh, you're in good shape. But, um, but yes, as, as, as much as, uh, as this whole idea of where we're going in life uh, goes on, um, timing is everything. And so <laughs> I just, I've been living for many years now, I guess, with impaired vision, with this growing fuzziness and uh, that the cataracts in my eyes were causing me. And I was getting used to that. And I was seeing 
the world through a fuzzy lens in many ways, <laughs> figuratively and literally, but no more. I see things much more clearer now, figuratively and literally. It's amazing what a little cataract surgery will do for you. But, uh, <laughs> but so right when uh, the world, uh, is the Brady Bunch saying, we can make the world a whole lot brighter, that's what the cataract surgery did for me. It made the world a whole lot brighter. Uh, but what's also making the world a whole lot brighter, if you haven't noticed over the last several years, are the new types of light bulbs that we have, the LED lights. Now, I don't know about you, but I have not been a fan of the LED lights. And now they are in cars and they are in, they're, you know, in homes and everybody with the LED. And you see all these commercials for all these different lights that light up your yard for 75 miles away across a lake and all that. It's LED, LED, LED. Everything today is LED and cannabis. We can pretty much divide the world now into two things that are driving our, our world. LED and cannabis. That's all you're hearing about. But the LED lights have been around for a while. And let me just say this right now. I am not a fan of the LED light. I like a softer, warmer light. And the LED light is not softer and warmer. As in many things, if you've been listening to this podcast with any regularity or listening to me on the radio for um, for the last several years, I am old school, and I'm damn proud of it. I'm not adverse to new school things. I Hey, I've got a smartphone. <laughs> but, um, but I like incandescent light bulbs. I like incandescent light. It is warmer, and it is softer, and it is, and, and, and now especially, it's easier on the eyes. My new cataract-free eyes. But before I even had the cataract surgery, I've always preferred the incandescent light to the new LED light. And so in our home, because I am the, the shopper for the light bulbs, and over the last several years, it has been much more difficult to find incandescent lights because LED, light bulbs, because light, LED is, is taking over. There's no question about that. Apparently, the LED light is, uh, is being... Replacing the incandescent light bulb because, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's more uh, energy efficient. Uh, there's no mercury in it. It has a longer lifetime. Uh, it doesn't give off any UV rays. So there are all these, these different um, reasons and factors as to why we have been moving very swiftly to LED lights. And I think it's mostly about energy efficiency, which is fine. I, I, I get it. We're all on a kick to, you know, and everything's efficient. But at the same time, we also should know that the LED light bulbs are more expensive than the incandescent light bulbs. So you're getting what you pay for, I guess. You're getting more efficiency, but you're also paying more. Now, I guess the the argument is, yeah, well, you, you pay less for an incandescent bulb, but you're buying more incandescent bulbs because they're burning out quicker. And I do notice that. It's, it's just my wife and I in our house, but uh, we, we go through a lot of light bulbs. And I don't know if some of our fixtures are, 
are 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 are, 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 are fixed up correctly if they're connected correctly, but I know that our kitchen fixture goes through light bulbs very fast. Now, granted, we are in the kitchen quite a bit. And so that light, and there's four bulbs in our kitchen fixture, and those lights are on quite a bit. But it seems like every time I change a light bulb, another one burns out. And and even though there's four light bulbs, with one light bulb gone, still three going strong, and I think I've got 60 watters in there. So it's 240 watts. I'm pumping 240 watts in that kitchen. And it's so funny. Even at 180, even before my cataract surgery, I could tell immediately without looking up at the fixture that the light bulb was off. I knew a one light bulb was burned out. It just was a little darker. And now I can only imagine with my heightened x-ray vision that I have now. I can only imagine. Uh, but apparently, too, the... You know, the LE bulbs not only are more efficient and, and health conscious and, and environmentally and all this stuff, um, but I guess they're also, they're, I believe, they're also brighter, certainly. They do seem brighter, which is my biggest complaint about them. I don't like that light. Did you ever drive behind a car? I mean, now they're, they're, they're shifting all the way, um, but you can tell when a car has the LED headlights as opposed to the, the normal incandescent ones. Those nice incandescent ones are this yellow. It's a nice yellow. It's a, it's a, a yellow light. It's a, uh, it's warmer. That LED thing is. I don't even know. It's it's it's, a, it's an odd white, and it, it it really flashes the hell in your in your rearview mirror. So I'm not a fan of the LED, and like many things, in the last several years, as I cling to my old fashioned old school way many of my 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 favorite things are going way of the dinosaur and sadly and poor thomas edison who was responsible for developing and marketing the incandescent light poor tommy edison sorry it's been how many hundreds of years since you lit up our world mr e but it looks like uh, even you are going to be considered passe because the incandescent light bulb really does now have an expiration date on it. Many years ago, I think it was about uh, maybe 2014, they first started talking about getting rid of the incandescent light and we were getting more and more of the leds and those other those other remember those little curly q weird curly q bulbs i used to have those forever bulbs whatever they used to call them and and they did last very long but they also gave off an odd light and so there was talk about you know eventually phasing out the incandescent light bulb in favor of the of these more efficient and uh maybe environmentally safer light bulbs uh, but that was, it seemed like a long way off until suddenly, it, it, I, I think it was, they said like by 2020, this is like saying 2014, they're like by 2020, we're going to get rid of the light bulbs. And uh, interestingly enough, with all the things that was going, that, all the things that were going on <laughs> during the four years of Donald Trump's presidency, one of the things that he did shift and change by executive order, I believe, with all the other bigger things, this is the one thing that was interesting about Trump. 
And I, I think this is why he is still popular with a certain um, you know, contingent of the country. Because in many ways, for as rich and elite and out of touch with the average person he is, at many times he still is in touch with them. And that's why I think they're, they still flock to him. And so with all the, the world problems with Kim Jong-un and all the, the craziness that was going on during his tenure, he still had the time to worry about light bulbs. <laughs> and you know what? That's what people like because we all deal with light bulbs. We, we, we can't deal with some of these big, huge geopolitical issues many times or these larger-than-life type of tragedies that's hard to con you know to to comprehend but we all can deal with a light bulb we all have we we all interact with light bulbs every day and so for all those giant huge issues that face the world donald trump also uh made a decision about light bulbs apparently he didn't like the led light bulbs either he was like me. He liked the, the, the softer light of the incandescent. And so one of his executive orders, I believe, rescinded this rule that we were going to phase out the incandescent light bulbs by 2020. I think he did it in like 2019, just before. Um, you know, I think they were supposed to... Um, I think think that's that's when he did it, like in 2019. So, just before it was supposed to, you know, phase it out, he changed the rule. He said, "No, no, we're not doing that." <laughs> so the incandescent light bulb got a reprieve. Now I don't know if you still use incandescent light bulbs or not, but uh, I do, and not just a few, primarily all. Every light bulb that I have right now in my little box with all my light bulbs, and I go shopping for my light bulbs. I'm once again, I always say, I like to. Ha I don't like to say, oh, we're out of light bulbs. We need a light bulb. No, when our light bulb burns out, I have got a stash of light bulbs here, folks, that you won't believe. I've got a box just full of light bulbs, and every couple of months I go and I buy light bulbs, and I buy. You know, 40 waters and 60 waters and three ways and 75s, and I just put them in this box. And you know what? When we have a light bulb burned out and they inevitably burn out, just simply go right downstairs and grab a bulb. There's no, oh, we're out of light bulbs. I consider that a, a failure in my role as light bulb buyer, light bulb buyer. If I let our house not have the uh, ability to immediately change a light bulb whenever it is out. I do not want a light bulb out of my house anywhere in any room for more than five minutes. <laughs> if a light bulb is out, I change it. There's no lollygagging in light bulbs. I, I even consider when I drive past a restaurant or any business that has a, a, an illuminated sign, and if I see that that sign has a letter that's burned out with the light bulbs, or I see one light bulb out, I look differently at how that store, how that restaurant, how that place of business is run. 
Because if you can't leave, you can't, if you can't keep your light bulbs on, if you're not paying attention to your sign, if you're not paying to the paying attention to the, the 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 sign that is promoting people to come into your store, then what else aren't you paying attention to inside that store? So to me, if you own a business, if you own a rest, any kind of business, you have an illuminated sign. If that sign is not lit up the way it's supposed to be, whether it's a letter burned out, whether it's a piece of a sign that's that's not shining, whatever it is, if you don't take care of that immediately, then I have to wonder what else aren't you taking care of when I get in your store. And I won't know whatever I won't know whatever you're not taking care of inside your store because if I see your light bulb or your illuminated sign is not perfect, then I'm not even going to walk into your store. How scary am I, right? <laughs> but to me, that's a reflection of how you are taking care of business. And so in my house, I have a huge amount of supply of my light bulbs, my incandescent light bulbs. So whenever a light bulb goes out, I'm there. I'm on the chair and I'm changing that light bulb wherever it is. We do not have light bulbs out for long periods of time here. Not at all. Now, when I've been going to buy my incandescent light bulbs, I don't know if you've if you bought light bulbs in a long time. And if you're an LED person, you like that, then then you don't have any problems. But if you're like me, if you're an incandescent guy, it is harder and harder, even with the the change that they're not they weren't going to uh, discontinue the light, the the incandescent light bulb. Even with that change, it doesn't matter. The LED is the dominant light bulb, and it's very hard to find any incandescent light bulbs. And when you go to a to a big kind of big box store like a Menards or a Lowe's or or anywhere that sell light bulbs, it's really hard to find them. They're in the corner somewhere, and there there's only about three or four different types. And meanwhile, there's a whole section. There are there are you know, shelves filled with LEDs, and there in the corner, there's like just two or three. The the samplings and the and the varieties are are much. I mean, it's it's almost as if they're not there. You really gotta find them. And every time I go to the store, the same, even the same store, they they change them around because they're they're slowly slowly going to the part where they're just they're almost there just obligatorily. Oh well, we got a few of them, but give me my Sylvanias, give me my Sylvania. You know, incandescence any day. So I I was happy. I I didn't know the specifics until I was just researching it now for this. But but I did know that the incandescent life got a reprieve, light bulb got a reprieve, and so I was happy. Until I just read a news story, because of course President Biden was elected to erase President Trump's presidency from memory, right? That's why he got elected. So, of course, he went about rescinding many of Trump's executive orders. It was almost like a badge of courage. And so what he has done is also, with all the things on his plate, (laughs) with all the things on President Biden's plate, we we have invasions in Ukraine, we've got runaway inflation, We've got immigration problems. Uh, you know, 
We still have COVID hanging over our heads. Uh, we've got crime out of control. I mean, things are, are really off the charts here. But amidst all those huge, big problems, which I just said that Donald Trump was also facing in, in his own ways, he had time to take pay attention to the light bulb situation in our country. Amidst all that, Joe Biden also is looking to be, uh, once again, to to please his his base, which not only hates Donald Trump, but is much more, uh, you know, environmentally uh, involved, environmentally active. So, meanwhile, while the bombs are hitting Ukraine, and while the price of gas and everything else is going up, President Biden had some time to reassess the United States light bulb situation. <laughs> and so, without much surprise, he rescinded the rescinding that Trump did in 2019. Because I think it's his goal to get rid of every, uh, you know, every executive order that Trump did. And that includes the incandescent light bulb ban. So in 2014, we were talking about getting rid of the incandescent bulbs. In 2019, Donald Trump said, no, no, we're not going to get rid of the incandescent bulbs. And now in 2022, President Biden says, yes, we are going to get rid of the incandescent bulbs, and we're going to get rid of them very fast. In fact, by July 2023, they're going to be gone. Not giving any three years. We're We're getting rid of these in a year. Just a little over a year. No more incandescent bulbs. LED will rule the light bulb world. So I'm not happy about this. Especially since now that I have my cataracts and I'm seeing brighter, I don't need brighter light bulbs. If anything, I should have needed the LED light bulbs before when I was seeing blurry and and, and fuzziness. Because now... I'm seeing everything lighter and brighter. In fact, even my 240 watts in the kitchen are blowing my eyeballs out. My retinas are, 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 are singeing. We have a white wall in our kitchen, and the white light bouncing off the white wall is like, whew. it's like when, uh, you know, in, in Pulp Fiction when they open up the, the briefcase and that light comes popping out. My gosh, it's hard for me sometimes to just to, to, to stand in my kitchen. My wife even said, well, maybe we should paint the wall. And she said, why don't we paint it black? And I'm like, well, I don't know if I want a black wall. I mean, I love black. I mean, black's my color, but I don't know if I want a black wall in my kitchen. <laughs> but wow. So now I'm seeing everything so much brighter. And just when I'm, I'm seeing it bright, and I would now, now I could actually use a nice softer light the softer light will be gone. And this blaring, weird white light of the LED bulb is going to be the new standard. Bad timing for me. (laughs) But I'll tell you one thing. What is going to happen? I will not give up my incandescent light bulbs until they pry them out of my... Well, how is that? What is that thing about the gun out of my my you know my my 
my hard dead hand or something. No, no, I, I want my incandescence for as long as I can get them. And so to that end, I just read about this incandescent light bulb thing, July 2023. So I am, uh, I'm going to be a hoarder now. I am going down to the store as soon as I can, and I am going to grab every G-damn <laughs> incandescent bulb I could find. I may even need to get a bigger box in my basement to hold them all, but I am going to be hoarding incandescent light bulbs. I am going to be kicking and screaming and scratching into the LED world after July 2023. My hope is that I will still have incandescent light bulbs after the ban. Now, I'm going to keep using them now, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I might need to build a whole new room for my hoarding of incandescent light bulbs. And I wonder if other people out there are going to be doing the same thing I am, because I can't be the only one who's pro-incandescent. So now I'm hoping, I probably shouldn't even be telling you this, I should have probably already hoarded my light bulbs and then told you I did it while I had them all safe and secure because now I've given you, a, now I've given you if you're a fellow incandescent fan, I've given you the same idea. Maybe I should just hit stop and start this podcast over again. It's recorded, right? I, could, I don't have to talk about this. No, 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 I will. It's out there. <laughs> but I could do that. I mean, it's not live, but I won't because I like to share with you. But uh, yeah, I am, I am uh, not happy about our incandescent uh, reality in the United States here. I don't know what other countries are doing, but I know we are all environmentally, even though the rest of the world isn't, and I, I, you know, and I can get on. I can get on my soapbox about that whole thing. And I am, and I understand the need. And I, you know, I, I, I always say though, it's not about saving the planet. The planet will be around. The planet has a pretty good track record of longevity. Now, if you want to talk about environmental issues and talking about um, the survival of the human species, fine. But it's not save the planet. I've said this before that. that that Hard Rock Cafe slogan of Save the Planet sounds good, but it's not right. It's very arrogant of us to think that we have the power to save the planet, that we somehow have domain over the planet, because the planet has proven to us on, on a daily basis that it has domain over us, regardless of what the Bible says. We don't have domain over the animals and over the world. We are just one species here, folks. And certainly we have a, a huge impact on what happens to the world by our number, our 8 billion people and growing. But Mother Nature is in charge. Always has been, always will be. Earth's been around for a long, long time. Going to be around a long, long, t- been a long, long time before you were born. Going to be around a long, long time after you're born. What it's going to look like, who knows? And maybe, like every other species, there comes a time that the human race, that, that we, this species, isn't around anymore. And we're extinct like the dinosaurs. And there's nothing wrong with that. You say, wow, Jim, that's a pretty negative view. No, it isn't. 
Once again, it's a reality. It's a realistic view. We are just one species on this planet. We have a huge impact on the planet, but I'm sure the Dinosaur Society was very proud of its history on the planet until it was gone. And so while we're proud of our history on this planet, there may be a time when the human race, Homo sapiens, no longer are on this planet. And the planet will go on without us. And it may thrive or it may not. But if we want to we want to continue this species of ours as long as we want, that's fine. And do things that help us to live longer on it with in, in tandem with the ever-changing sphere that we're on, that's fine. But the earth does call the shots. We see it every day with weather, with earthquakes. Mother Nature's in charge, folks. We aren't saving the planet. That's an arrogant, arrogant statement. We can save our species. That makes sense. That we can do. But we're not going to save the planet. The planet is very adaptable. It's adapted through ice ages and meteors and you name it. And it can survive us too. We want to survive. That's that's great. That's in our DNA. So save the species. That's a slogan that I am more in tune with. Save the planet arrogant not right planet's going to do just fine without us maybe different but it's going to be around so we are here with our light bulbs and our uh somehow somehow in the grand scheme of things the led light bulb is somehow going to keep our species around longer <laughs> I don't know if that's true, and especially in this in this world. I mean, with, 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 like I said, I don't know what other countries are doing. Now, yes, we are an important country economically and 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 militarily, but I don't think, and COVID has certainly proven, um, influentially wise. Especially, maybe we were at one time, but we're not anymore. We have lost our our major influence around the world. A lot of the admiration other countries had for us is, has dwindled. And I think COVID exposed that, and I've talked about that. It shows our, div- our, our divisiveness and uh, our divided country right now. And a lot of countries aren't really looking to us anymore as the, the grand example to aspire to, which is unfortunate. But a lot of that was a myth anyway. It was a well-held myth, and it was a well-promoted myth, and we, we've done well by it, but sadly... Over the last decades or so, and certainly during COVID, um, the emperor has no clothes. We're still a great country. Don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-American by any means. I still think that we're the, the best country on earth, and we've got the best system of all the, the systems. It may not be the best system, but it's the best of what we got. So I'm proud to be an American. Don't get me wrong. I've been to other countries around this world, and I, and I am glad that I come home here. But I'm also, once again, realistic. We ain't perfect, folks. Far from it. And so while it's great to aspire, and that's what we're doing with a lot of our uh, environmental issues here, 
to save our species, if you will. I'm, I applaud that, recycling and all that stuff, but it is imperative. If we're really going to make a dent, everybody, uh, we've seen COVID has once again, COVID has been so illuminating. Uh, there's a little connection right there. Uh, COVID has been so illuminating and it shows us how intertwined everyone is on this planet. We truly are a global society. We always were a global society. We just didn't either admit it or address it or accept it as much. But over the last 50 years, we have become, certainly the last 30, 40 years with technology, we have become a more global society. It's impossible to be isolationist anymore, especially with a country of our prominence. You can't just say, well, that's their problem. There isn't a they. It's our problem. The world problems are our problem. And I don't just mean the United States. The world's problems are the world's problems. And we all need to address the world's problems. Everyone in the world, not just certain countries. That's the way that we have to start looking at things. Like I said, you see with COVID, you know, one country, everybody, every country's doing their own thing, and that's why it's hard to tell who, where you can go and where you can't because there's no uniform system. We're still stuck in that kind of isolationist us versus them mindset, and that's not the right way. Clearly, in the COVID world, that's not the right way to do this. Each country thinks that they get to, uh, you know, pound on their chest well look at our covid rates until they get a covid outrage. i mean look at look at you know china now and shanghai or singapore i can't remember one of the countries i mean you know they're going through a, a huge uh you know outbreak of covid with with really draconian type of building walls and stuff and they were all bragging before about zero tolerance we have zero covid until they got it Australia was bragging and New Zealand was bragging several years ago. No COVID. We know how to handle it until they got it. Then there was panic in the streets, protests, violence. I'm like, what happened to those, those, those nice, those nice, uh, you know, chilled out Australians and, and, and chilled out New Zealanders who were so confident that they knew how to handle COVID. Hang loose, dude. Yeah, until they got it. Then, oh, my gosh. There was, there was riots in the streets. Sadly, we, we still are learning how to globally act together. And I don't know if we ever can, because we, once again, we are a, an odd species on this planet. <laughs> but my point is about the environment. I, once again, I'm all for environmentally safe things. I get it. You don't, wanna, you don't need to do damage. Right, we're we're here for a short time. Even in this species, in the grand scheme of things, our species is 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 is, is an infant, as opposed to other things that have lived on this planet, species-wise, for millions of years. We are an infant in the grand scheme on the timetable. But environmentally, if we really want to do something, the whole world has to be on board. And right now. Two of the biggest countries in terms of population are really not environmentally conscious. China and India. 
They've got the most people when you combine them, probably. And they're not being environmentally conscious. So, yes, we can do things here. But if you're really looking for some global impact, unless everybody gets on board, and especially if some of the most populated countries in the world don't get on board, you're really not making any true progress in the grand scheme. If you want to use the incorrect phrase, you're really not saving the planet because some of the countries who are the most populated aren't worried about it. What's going on, really, if you think about it, especially in China's view, China is like we were 100 years ago or 70 years ago or so in the last century. When the Industrial Revolution here in this country began, it was all economic-based. And there was no thought about the environment at all. So we had steam engines and we were dumping chemicals. It doesn't matter. We were making plastics. We, would, this, we were looking at, at, at advances and revenue and how it was made and what the byproducts of those processes were, were in, they were not even thought about. They made, the, they made you know, locomotives with coal and they, we, warm, we, we heated our homes with coal and, and companies and manufacturing plants were making plastics and other materials and they, there were, there were um, you know, residues and they just put them, we put them in tanks, dumped them in water. They didn't care. And that went on for like 70 or 80 years. And finally, in the 1970s, it was like, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on here? We're, we're, we're polluting, not only are we polluting the planet, but we're putting people in danger. We've got dangerous chemicals in people's drinking waters. You know, the, 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 the dumping of garbage and chemicals. There was, a, there was a river, the Cuyahoga River in Ohio, started on fire. There was so much crap in there. A body of water started on fire because it was so polluted. So we've done a great job. We've done it. Well, we've done a we've done an admirable job in the last 50 years to reverse some of the uh the damage environmentally. Because we were focused on one thing, revenue, jobs. Well, that's where China is now. China is where we were 100 years ago. That's their goal. They want to be the number one country in the world. And the way you become the number one country in the world is that you become a revenue machine. And they're not worried about the byproducts. They're not worried about the fumes. They're not worried about the dumpings. They're not worried about any of that. They're worrying about manufacturing and selling product to generate revenue to be the number one country in the world. That's what they're doing. And that's what we did. So we can't really say anything bad about them because we did the same thing. Now, we have been enlightened. There's another little connection to my light, my light theme. <laughs> um, we have been enlightened. And so when we, when we get enlightened, we think everybody should think like we are. Even though... We do all these other things that are ridiculous. Then we suddenly, I'll use the phrase again, see the light. And then all of a sudden, we think that everyone should see the light. Well, that doesn't happen. As I said before, we are not the most important thing on this, world, on this planet. 
especially now in this global society. So China is where we were. And China right now isn't worried about the environment. They're worried about their revenue, just like America was in the 1900s. And in the twenty in the nineteenth in the in the in the twentieth century. In the, the late nineteenth century. That's what we were worried about. And that's how we grow to prominence. And that's what China's doing. But until China and India and other countries that really aren't environmentally um, conscious, until they get on board, we could do all the recycling that we want, and we could do all the incandescent light bulb uh, you know, phasings out that we want. But in the grand scheme, I don't know how much it's really going to do because when you've got populated countries like China and India not altering what they're doing, they have a bigger impact than we do. Their harm, because of their population, just their density and their population, what they do negatively will have more impact than what we do positively. Sorry. Reality. So if you really want to save our species, if you want to help the environment, you can do all your recycling and all that stuff. But what's most important is that we've got to find a way to get China and India and some other countries on board. That's the only true way we're going to make real, real, definable, verifiable progress. If not, a lot of it's just window dressing. I know it's better than doing nothing. I'm not saying don't do that. You can recycle. I'm just saying. But if you, re- you know, it makes you feel good and, 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 and it does have an impact. I'm not denying that. But if you're looking at Overall, global change, global impact, truly improving the environment of this planet. Everybody has to be on board. So to get back to my original topic, are my incandescent bulbs really going to be hurting that many people? Can't I just keep my incandescent bulbs? I guess not. July 2023. I plan to have (laughs) a storeroom filled with incandescent bulbs until they suddenly one day run out. But my goal right now, as I speak to you in May of 2022, is by July of 2023, I still want to be able to be be using my incandescent bulbs. So that's how many bulbs I'm going to be hoarding. So if you go to a store and you go to the light bulb section and you look where the incandescent bulbs were supposed to be, they probably won't be there in the next several months because Elton Jim is on a mission to grab as many incandescent light bulbs as he can. So that's one of the changes. We're changing our light bulbs. For better or for worse, I don't know. For me, worse. The other change that I want to talk about this week on the podcast 
has nothing to do with light bulbs. It has to do with something that I was very disappointed about, and it goes back to a previous podcast that I just spoke about a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago. If you recall, if you listen to former podcasts, and I always encourage you to not only listen to the current one, but go back and listen to previous ones, because I will also all, uh, I will frequently refer to previous things and updates on, on topics. And uh, I was very complimentary and genuinely impressed by Dolly Parton. About six weeks or so ago, Dolly Parton announced after it was released that she was a nominee for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She said publicly that she would not accept an induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if she was indeed voted in because she didn't feel that she deserved to be in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because she really wasn't a rock and roll artist and she didn't want to take votes away from those who may be more deserving of being inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame and she said maybe i'll make a rock record and if that's the case then i'd be happy to go in but i don't really believe i deserve it and so you know uh, don't vote for me because I don't think I belong there. It's for rock and roll, and I'm a country artist or a pop artist, but I am not a rock and roller. And there may be other rock and roll artists who have given their life and dedicated their life to that genre of music, and that's what this institution is supposedly recognizing and celebrating. Rock and roll. It's right in the title, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I've spoken about this many times. And so I had a new respect for Dolly Parton, for coming out and saying what I've been saying for years, that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should be dedicated to rock and roll. And we've seen over the last 20 years or so that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is moving more toward a music hall of fame or a pop music hall of fame because rock and roll is losing its domination that it once had. And those who started the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame never in their wildest dreams expected rock to have fallen from its dominant perch, but it has. Rap and hip-hop are certainly the most dominant music in the world today. And country music here in the United States is certainly a close second. Rock and roll is probably a distant third, if that. But it certainly has lost its once- preeminent stature in the pop culture. Which is all the more reason for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, in theory, to celebrate rock and roll, to remind a younger generation of why rock and roll was so popular, was so important, and and could be and should be. But instead, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is acquiescing to popular tastes and diluting its brand and diluting its entire institution by allowing other types of music to be included in that because they want to be popular, because they want the tourism, because they want visitors. They're not, but that's not what this is about. I get it. 
You want to make money or you want to, probably a nonprofit, but, but you want visitors. You want to be viable. I get it. But the goal is to celebrate rock and roll. So I've said before, they either have to change their name to the Pop Hall of Fame or the Music Hall of Fame, or they have to have various wings if you want to bring more people in to bring attention and, and more contemporary artists. I get that. But they have diluted the brand. And if there ever is a Hip Hop Hall of Fame or a Rap Hall of Fame, do you think that Led Zeppelin's going to be in there? I don't. <laughs> I don't. But for some reason, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and its effort to stay relevant as rock and roll becomes less and less relevant, and it's not easy for me to say because rock and roll is my music. But once again, I'm a realist. I face the hard truths, and the hard truth is rock and roll is on a decline. And the only reason it's alive is because few of its founding members are still alive. And when they're gone, rock and roll will really kind of disappear. As long as McCartney is still around, and he's almost 80 now, he's, and, and, and the Stones and Elton John and Bruce Springsteen and all these, these rock and roll pioneers, as long as they're around and still touring, then rock and roll still has some prominence. But when they go, it's going to fall down even more than it is because there is no succession in place. Young people are not into rock and roll. It's just that simple. It's unfortunate and it's sad, but it's true. And maybe because the founding principles of rock and roll, the rebellion and the angst that went on in the 50s and 60s to break the, uh, the kind of repressed kind of uh, and overly conservative uh, philosophy in this country, especially in the 50s and 60s, led to rock and roll. That doesn't exist anymore. They're still angst. There's still rebellion, but it's it's different. And um, so rock and roll was a, was a great force, and it's it hung around much longer than anyone ever expected, and it certainly has had its mark and made its mark on our culture, but it has faded, and, it, and, and soon it will be like jazz or big band. It will be a niche music, and that's the way it is. That's just the way it is, folks. I'm sorry to have to th- throw all these hard truths at you, but I'm not being negative. I'm just being realistic. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, in my view, and I was a charter member. when it, Before it opened, I bought a charter membership. I was so excited because rock and roll is my music. But I, I haven't been there in many years, and I don't know if I'm ever going to go again because, it, it, to me, it, they've diluted their, their mission. They've sold out, which is an, which is an archaic phrase, but... They have. They've sold out. They've 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 acquiesced to popularism as opposed to staying true to their mission. So I had a lot of respect for Dolly Parton when about six weeks ago she said, I'm not going to accept if I am inducted, if I am nominated to enter the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, guess who changed her mind? conveniently about a week or so right before the announcement of the new inductees came out. Interesting how that happened. I wonder if she had any inside information that, in fact, she was going to be inducted. Hmm. I'm very mistrustful. I'm always always mistrusting of coincidences. 
Sometimes coincidences do actually happen, but many times they are orchestrated. And I believe this one is orchestrated. And so I have lost whatever respect I had just bestowed on Dolly Parton. I now remove it because she flip-flopped. She either listened to her creative team who said, Dolly, no one cares about your integrity. You want to be around? You want to be remembered? You get as many awards and accolades as you can. And you know what? You're going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and 50 years from now, they'll see you here, and no one's going to remember your integrity, so just take whatever you can get, because that's the kind of society you're in right now. We're based on views and likes. We don't really care about integrity. As I said before, it's an archaic term. There's no such thing as selling out. Everybody sells out. Everybody has their own brand. So Dolly, somehow somebody got into Dolly's ear and told her, you know what? And maybe it was Rock and Roll Hall of Fame saying, well, I got to tell you, Dolly, now we're going to have more controversy and you're giving us a kind of a pain here because you're, you're going to be nominated. You're going to get inducted and now we're going to have a controversy and it's going to overshadow the entire Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in, uh, you know, nomination announcement and even the, the presentation, which happens in November, on November 5th. So, Dolly, can you just accept it because it looks like you're going to get in? And so rather than keeping her integrity, she let it pass. And so recently she said that, well, I would graciously accept it. Well, sorry, Dolly. Here you come again, right? So I've lost my respect for Dolly. I gave it to her. I had a lot of respect. And I must, I must retract it. Because sure enough, about a week before or so, she made this announcement that suddenly she flip-flopped and would accept induction into the Hall of Fame. Last week, the class of 2022 for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was announced. And in addition to Eminem and Lionel Richie and Eurythmics and Duran Duran, Jimmy Iovine, Pat Benatar, guess who was inducted? Dolly Parton. And guess who now apparently is going to accept being inducted? And she back, you know, she backtracked and, you know, flip flopped and said, well, you know, I mean, whatever. So, and it's a pretty, and that's, and it's an interesting list, I have to say. Uh, I'm, I'm actually impressed by the. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list here. It's actually, it's, it's interesting how Duran Duran gets in. Now, Duran Duran, you know, was, was, was kind of like a, a teeny bopper band. If you were around in the mid-80s, most of the fans of Duran Duran were all teenage girls. They were the pinups of the MTV crowd. They were the Donny Osmonds of the 80s. And their music kind of reflected that. But as time went on, and once again, as the 
teenage girls and the 10-year-old girls of the 80s now are in their 40s. Duran Duran is, is grown in its acceptance and its prominence. And they went from a teeny bopper band somehow to getting credibility as a serious band. And now they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But there they are, along with, uh, you know, her name is Rio, and she, (laughs) Rio is now, I guess, a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, you know, (laughs) worthy song. I don't know. But Pat Benatar, who has been, um, been talked about as to why she wasn't in, she had a huge impact in the 80s once again. A lot of the 80s bands now, a lot of the 80s artists, because as I said before, the group of who are teenagers and young kids during the 80s are now in their 40s, and that's who's important to them. So that's the way it always works. Whatever was important to you as a kid uh, becomes prominent when you're an adult because it brings back your own memories. So we're seeing a lot of 80s bands uh, now becoming prominent even if they weren't at the time taken all that seriously musically their prestige has grown because they were popular with a certain group of people so duran duran but there's no question pat benatar from uh, uh, sold millions of records was one of the more popular one of the most popular female artists of her day and has become something of a uh, a female role model and, and pioneer so i think she deserves it and i'm a huge fan of eurythmics Love Annie Lennox, one of my favorite, if not my favorite female singers, to be honest. So I'm happy to see that. Now, Eminem, once again, rap star. I don't know. Is he a rocker? I don't know. Does he belong in there? Who knows? But he's there. Eminem, Dolly Parton, Duran Duran, Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie is rock and roll, huh? That's why he's easy. Easy like Sunday morning. He's once, twice, three times a lady. He's a brick house. He's got an endless love. He dances on the ceiling. Hello? Is it him we're looking for? I don't know about you, but Rhino Ritchie is a funk artist with Commodores in the 70s. In the 80s, he was a balladeer. He was a pop balladeer. All of his main songs I just listed to you, many of them were ballads. Is Lionel Richie a rock star? This is my point about deluding. I understand that you want to, but there's then, then there should be a pop hall of fame. But don't make the rock hall of fame a pop hall of fame. Because I really don't think that Jerry Lee Lewis and Lionel Richie belong in the same place. And, you, and then you can get all esoteric about it. Oh, but... but Rock and roll is rock and roll, and pop is pop, and funk is funk. And if you're going to put rock and roll on the title, and if you're going to have a big sign that says Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, first of all, it better be illuminated with every light bulb. But secondly, <laughs> it should be what it is and celebrate what it is. And when I, want to go to, when I want to celebrate rock and roll, I'll go there. And if I want to celebrate country music, I'll go there. And if I want to celebrate rap music, I'll go to that one if there ever is one. If I want to celebrate pop music, I'll go to that one if there ever is one. But the one doesn't have to be all-inclusive in one because you have a name on it. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you're diluting the name. So change the name or change your new philosophy of being inclusive. 
That's not your job if you're a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You're not, your job is not to be inclusive. Your job is to celebrate this thing that you love and that you want people to know about. If you dilute it, then you're, 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 you are diminishing the importance of it. The whole idea was to create a place to exalt it. And now what you're doing is taking in other aspects and diluting it. And showing that it's not all that important, that it's not all that great, because anyone can get into it in any kind of music. Wrong. This isn't about, uh, and I'm talking about pigeonholing things. But if you're going to have a, if you're going to have a pop music or a music hall of fame, then you could put in anybody you want. I have no problems with inclusion there. But if you have rock and roll on the door, then it has to be rock and roll. And Dolly Parton six weeks ago was right by saying that she wouldn't accept induction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because Dolly Parton is not a rocket star. She is not a rock star. She's a pop star at the least, and she's a country artist at most. But she is not a rock star. And yes, there are other country artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They make the lineage as a rock and roll started with country. I get that. But those people who are inducted did have a legitimate tie to rock and roll. Johnny Cash did have a tie to rock and roll. Johnny Cash recorded with Bob Dylan. The Everly Brothers were a country act per se, but they were also rock stars, early influential rock stars. Chet Atkins in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame did, did influence rock stars like Mark Knopfler. There is a legitimate dotted line to some of those people. But Dolly Parton does not belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And Dolly Parton knew that she didn't belong. And she said she knew that she didn't belong. And I gave her credit for saying that. And it was a gutsy, ballsy move to do. And then she came like everyone else. She gave away her integrity. She laid down her arms. And now, on November 5th, they will have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, and Dolly will come out, and she will get a rousing cheer, and she will be viewed as this amazing American female icon, and she will sing Jolene, and whatever. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will go on and it will just be whatever it is now. We hear about it once or twice a year. Big deal. We hear about it when the nominees are announced and we hear about it when the inductees are announced. And very few people even watch the induction ceremony and even fewer go to see it. The place itself. Because first of all, it's in Cleveland which is not a huge tourist attraction area. And secondly, and most importantly, it has betrayed its mission to exalt rock and roll. It has diluted it. It has made it just like anything else. It has, it has taken away its prominence and its role of informing new generations as to why rock and roll is important. Madonna does not belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but she's popular. 
And people in their 40s and 50s love Madonna. So how could Madonna not be in there? As I said before, what's going to happen in a couple of years when Britney Spears is eligible, in quotes, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And Justin Timberlake is eligible. Are they, is, is Britney Spears a rock and roll star? Yes, she's sold millions of albums. And she was hugely popular, influential in the 90s. Yes. But she is not a rock star, and she's going to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and she doesn't belong there. And she's going to embrace that like anyone else because, you know, especially her, younger generation, they want any award they can get. They always got them when they were growing up. Everybody got an award, right? They don't turn down awards. But Britney Spears will get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that is blasphemy. And if they don't change the name of that place when she gets in, they should blow it up. Light bulbs and Dolly Parton. I want my incandescent bulbs back. And I wanted to give Dolly Parton respect. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. Don't forget, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 311. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. From the end of the web to your screen.